Welcome back to Stumps. Great to have your company. Bryce McGain and myself, Nims Azor, here with you. And uh, the Prime Minister's 11 was in action, Bryce. We've actually been enjoying it on the uh, Fox Cricket replay, which is always great to see. But uh, I'll tell you what, it was good to see guys in green and gold actually get a win in limited overs, wasn't it? Because it's absolutely it seems like it's been a quite a long while. And uh, the man that had the little C next to his name and led Australia, well, put the Prime Minister's 11 to victory because... Did get a little bit dicey towards the end is George Bailey, former Aussie skipper. He joins us now. G'day, George. Thanks for joining us on Stumps. Pleasure. Afternoon, lads. Now, mate, it was a great start from the Prime Minister's 11. Jason Berendorf took two wickets in the first over of the match. So you would have just thought, oh, this is going to be a brilliant day in Canberra. Uh, what was it like for you? Yeah, well, certainly after the first over, um, my thoughts were, well, it can't be as bad as I thought it might have been. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A great start. I was, um, yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. So, depending on the uh, the other fixtures around the country, about and you know, who's available at different times for prime ministers games, but well, I was really happy with the the talent that we um, that we had on offer. Um, you know, obviously Jason's a quality player. I think when he's at his best, he's very much in the mix for Australia's one day team. Um, I hadn't seen a whole lot of, of Benny Dorsius. Um, he's really impressive too. I think. Um, was a you know strong, really strong left arm bowler. He swung the ball as well up top, so we were uh, we were right on top and never looked back. Were you surprised that South Africa only got to one seventy three? Looks like great batting conditions. A uh, bit of a surprise, given the situation and uh, their pretty dynamic one day lineup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, given some of the names in that list, you would have been expecting a few more. But um, you know, that's to that. Um, in uh, on Australian soil, um, yeah, like, like most teams. I mean, I think there's three or probably you know a couple that they rely pretty heavily on, um, probably more so than than others. But I mean, I think that's probably the same with most teams in some respects. So um, yeah, but there's some, there's some there is some real quality in there. There's no doubt about that. And George, you had a good look at their bowling. You got 51 not out, as we mentioned before, and steered the the ship uh, through some. Troubled waters there for a bit. If you had a good look at the attack, is Dale staying back to his best? Um, yeah, he's, he's bowling nicely. He swung the ball, um, bowled at a nice pace. He looked to me like he was just um, within himself a touch. Uh, you know, I think he's, he's got another gear that he could probably go to, but um, but I think he would have certainly been happy with his with his movement of the of the ball. It was really interesting when he came back. You know, um, Cookerbar have changed the ball this year. It's a it's a better ball. Um, stays newer for longer, stays harder for longer. Um, and we found throughout the JLT Cup that if you, the conditions were right, you could swing the ball almost through the entire innings. Um, and and Dale came back, I think, towards the end of the game, uh, and was still able to swing the ball. He's even he's got a ball that he holds cross seam that he still manages to swing. So that's um, so he was yeah. You know, he is a class bowler. If he's bowling cross seam and still swinging them, we're all in trouble, I think, for the the, the summer right. coming up. Now they've no, got a... there's no doubt there. There's stocks there in, in terms of him and uh, Rabada taking the new ball. That's um, you know, can, you're gonna have to be on your game to start the innings well. Yeah, and uh, I think you played Imran Tahir quite well yourself. But he's a dangerous type of bowler in in the shorter form, isn't he? Yeah, he's I mean, he's world class, and no doubt his his record would be. Him and, and once again, most um, you know a lot of international teams have a player like him with the ball in hand. He's someone that you don't try and necessarily 
take to the cleaners too much runs-wise. You just make sure you try and keep him out of the game wickets-wise. He's at his most dangerous when he's bowling to new batters, when he can put you under a little bit of scoreboard pressure and and you're just finding your feet. So um, he's certainly one that no doubt the Australians will talk about. um, And and we, the Prime Minister's level, we just try to play him exactly the same way. We let's try to get him into the game of the wickets, don't get him too excited and um, and keep him at bay. And eventually, you know, he'll give you a bit more to hit. Obviously, uh, being in, uh, as the captain of the Prime Minister's Eleven, uh, you are you as you mentioned at the start of uh, our chat, you don't exactly and not taking anything away from the boys there, but you sort of have to get with you have to have not leftovers, but uh, obviously the shield is in progress, and a lot of the state sides would be having their A one players, so you're sort of stuck with a bunch of under 19s and stuff like that. When you go up against a team like South Africa with you know Faf Duplessis there, Quinton de Kock, and Bowlers like Dale Stain and that have just got superb class amongst them. How do you control, you know, these guys that have only ever maybe peaked at under nineteen level? Uh, well, that, I think that was one of the advantages this year. I think we actually there was a, a bit more of a break in the schedule, so um, we had access to players who were playing shield cricket. Um, you know, a couple of those young guns in, in Jack Edwards um, and Josh Felipe, they they both look. Um, Unbelievably comfortable against uh, you know against the the quality South African attack. Um, you know, I think Josh got it, went on and, and made a you know, really good fifty. The South Africans were particularly impressed with his ball striking. He kept really nicely too, which um, you know, it's a, another good option for him to have up his sleeve for for white ball cricket. I think going forward, um, yeah, there's some there's some good talent around. I reckon. Um, Uzan Kadir, I hadn't had uh, the chance to see too much of him. I thought he bowled really nicely. Um, Jason Sanger starting to get an opportunity for New South Wales. Uh, I thought he was he was really impressive with the ball. I hadn't um, I hadn't laid my eyes on Blake Edwards. Uh, you know, typical Queensland strong, strong yeah. fast, the young fast bowler. And he um, he was pretty impressive too with two wickets in in two balls at one stage there in the middle. So there's some good talent. Uh, I actually think there's always good talent around in Australia. It's just a matter of how it's harnessed and um, you know, how you get the best out of it. It's interesting you say that, George. You said some comments uh, around this game that we're talking about the JLT Cup, and you thought there might be a good opportunity not to have it just in one block, but maybe play a couple of blocks throughout the summer so that it gives some of the domestic players more opportunity and more exposure to the one-day game. Would you care to just explain that a little bit? Yeah, well, first of all, I think this year, in this one-day series, when it is, this is the first time that's happened for a while. Typically in Australian summer, our one-day cricket's played uh, in you know, January and February, when um, when the whatever's happened in the JLT Cup is a is a distant memory, yeah. um, and you know, whether selectors admit that or not, but certainly in the last couple of years, I think there's been some players who have been picked for one day cricket on the back of Big Bash. Um, not to say that that's not a a platform where you can't push your name forward, but that, it's important to recognise that the games are um, certainly those two formats are still very different, um, and that I think there's a there is a place for. Uh, specialist one day players. Um, and, you know, also at the moment that block. Uh, I like I like the idea of playing uh, part of the JLT Cup in a block. Um, it's just it's it's early. I mean, we play. I can remember we used to start. I think generally the day after the Footy Grand Finals mm-hmm. was. Um, you know, we we were about halfway through the tournament this year, so it's it's still early in the in the season. The pitches that you are playing on are one. How many? Um, first-class grounds are available to what condition they're in versus what they will be like once you have international games. So I think it's a 
it makes sense to me to have that first block, um, get the season underway, get some one-day games under the players' belts. But I think there's a great opportunity to either play some leading into um, or coming out of the big bash. Um, you know, that big bash seems to be getting bigger and bigger and longer and longer. But um, you know, there might be, have to be some rejigging around that. But I think, uh, in terms of if Australia wants to maintain a pretty enviable record in terms of major one-day tournaments, I think um, I think respecting that one-day format domestically is a, a pretty key. I think, there's, I think there's probably a lot of people would agree with you there, George, because I think all of us look back fondly at things like, you know, the ING Cup and times like that where, you know, you'd actually get massive crowds and it didn't seem like just an afterthought. But, uh, you know, that's just, uh, I think it's an opinion that is shared greatly by the Australian creating public. Now, you mentioned... One, one of the other things that's changed out of that is, is uh, you know, the, and I'm not sure we'll ever get back to this, but the, the beauty of having it... Uh, one of the great advantages of having it the way it used to be where at the back end or the start of a Shield game was come, come February or March, um, you effectively had another a season of, um, of having looked at younger players mm-hmm. and through whether that be through form or injury or um, just wanting to give someone an opportunity. You actually had, uh, you know, so many of my generation of cricketer were blooded on back end of the season, getting two or three or four one-day games under yep. the belt and actually discovering, right, you know, this is the part of my game that needs work. Actually, I'm, you know, I'm actually going okay. I'm on the right track. Um, you know, you, so many players earned their, their start that way and, and, you know, found the belief to, to become the, the best, best cricketers they can. It's really hard to pick a young player out of nowhere come, come September. You're right. It creates an opportunity. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. There. On the topic of opportunities, uh, you mentioned just before uh, the leg spinner. Uh, Usman Kadir, uh, son of Abdul Kadir, so obviously he's got uh, quite a bit of a pedigree attached to him. But uh, it's pr- what I found interesting that he's quite keen to play for Australia, much in the same way, in the same vein that uh, Farwad Ahmed did back in 2013. Now he's playing his trade at the moment quite well for the Warriors, and uh, obviously he did quite a bit of damage against the South Africans um, under your guidance there. Uh, do you think that he's a realistic chance of actually putting on the green and gold at some point in time? Yeah, so there's, there's something there that I really like. He's, um, you know, seemed like a lovely fellow. Loved his enthusiasm. Uh, pretty confident with the ball in hand. Spins the ball. Um, got a got a wrong one that I don't think everyone finds that easy to pick um, when they see him straight up. Um, I think we certainly with the the current one day rules with only having uh, four out. I think it's made it difficult for league spinners at, at times. Um, or certainly made it um, certainly challenged them. Um, at times, but um, but he's he's a bowler. I think the more batsmen have to attack at him and try and score off him, uh, the more he comes into his his own form. He he just looked really dangerous in the moment the ball was in his hand the other day. Um, and and I, you know, I think he had a pretty great start to his um, to his uh, T Cup career as well. Now the, we move over to the Sheffield Shield. Tassie sitting second on the table, um, just in behind the Vicks. And uh, you've got a game that starts tomorrow against New South Wales. Um, Monday, I think. Oh, Monday. Yep. Sorry, starting on Monday. A um, few few queries around uh, who could get a test call-up. Good to see Alex Doolan making runs. Could Wadey play as a batsman? Could the way he's batting at the moment. Uh, everyone's talking about his batting form this year. Uh, on the back of the way he started in the two games. Um, but uh, I think even the back end of last year, I reckon he's yeah. scored in the last three shields. Games of the season, so his his batting's been um, just really consistent, um, which is a you know, pretty good trade, I reckon, when you're looking to 
looking to pick an Australian team. So he's batting as well as I've ever seen um, in a really good headspace. Um, you know, he's, he's quite excited to get the ball in hand this, uh, this game. He's <laughs> Tim Payne back to take the gloves as well. So um, don't be surprised with a couple of little W's next to his name as well if he might be throwing his name up uh, for the number six around us. But. Absolutely. He was a nightmare to face in the nets. He's five foot, but he bowls bumpers all the time. So He, we, does, we... he does have a young do have to respect it. <laughs> I know, I know. I used to hate it, you know, <laughs> facing him in the nets. But uh, look, um, it's good to see um, some good young Tassie players coming through as well. Yeah, I think we've got um, a nice little mix of talent at the moment. Um, going pretty well. I'm really excited about Gabe Bell. Uh, he sort of um, started um, started the season really well last year before being curtailed with injury. But he's someone I think with another pre-season under his belt. I think he's gone. To another level, um, and um, working really well, and learning from Jackson Bird, who's a, a pretty yep. good fast bowler, uh, to to be learning your trade from. So he's someone that I'm really excited about. Um, Riley Meredith is another young Tasmanian who, um, when he gets his opportunity, I think will impress. He's got some pretty good good pace. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's been good. Well, mate, look, it looks like it's going to be... Uh, the Tigers have really seemed to be on the upswing there at the moment and all the best against New South Wales. Before we let you go, George, I do have to ask, um, social media has just completely erupted over your bloody batting stance, mate. Now, it's pretty old news to anyone that's watched you play for a while, but have you been amazed at the chatter at, that's been going on in the past uh, week or so since the Prime Minister's eleven game? Uh, well, not on any social media, so I don't... I don't probably get the the brunt of it. I was surprised how much chat there was after, after straight after the game. Even I, I thought it was uh, more impressive that a, a prime minister's eleven had just beaten you know, <laughs> you know, a world class international side. Um, <laughs> prime minister needed a win, and we and we delivered that for him. Uh, yes, he so does. I, well done. I thought, yes. I, I thought the boys. I thought uh, everyone's focus might have been on the fact that we'd we'd managed to knock South Africa off. But um, um, yeah, that yeah. I'm, they're fast. Sometimes, yeah, my, my technique is, is what it is. Sometimes it doesn't seem to work that night. We've managed to score a couple and see the blue signs. George, what are your aspirations at the moment? You're still aspiring to play cricket at the higher level. There's a few jobs going at Cricket Australia that I think you might be suited to. There's a high-performance manager role. You know, you wouldn't be a bad chairman either. There's some options abound. Uh, well, that's certainly where I'll be looking. There's nothing on field um, that, that I have aspirations for. Um, you know, I think there's, there's plenty of good young cricketers and good older cricketers that are still very keen to do that. But um, you know, I've had my had my time and thoroughly um, honoured and um, enjoyed the time that I did get to play for Australia. But no, my, my aspirations now are firmly making sure that we do get a few more Tasmanian players into that Australian team um, and making sure my tomatoes go over the really is. Well, mate, don't sell yourself <laughs> too short. You also captained Australia, so there's not a long list of people that can say they've done that. But, uh, hey, mate, look, all the best for the clash against New South Wales. Hopefully the next uh, target in your crosshairs is getting the shield back down to the Apple Isle. But uh, thanks for taking some time out to chat to us here on Stumps. Absolutely.